Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. And that was weather week starts in about a moment. Grasp him, feel him, he'll give you enjoyment. Open up your eyes, watch as the curtain will rise and reveal a show that's mostly just. All right, Phantom is the musical tonight. Let me whisk you away to Paris Opera House, to a place where you've never been before. And I promise this show won't be a theater nerd and my sexy wife softly gently with anticipation feel it watch it fill you with elation musically this show is much more than just so so though the story it is just a little shite phantom is the musical tonight we will watch this show on albert hall's grand stage it's a show that you've never seen before and just think for an hour two or three you are here 
Your time belongs to me. My everything belongs to you, Kay. My sultry, singing seductress. It's almost time for us to dive in now. Trust me. Join me. You'll get through this somehow. Our worlds will collide, and there's nowhere you can hide from the plans I have. So just enjoy your plight as we watch a Weber show tonight. You are awesome. I, 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 you alone can join me. I won't bite. I love you. Phantom is our musical Awesome. Thanks, babe. I love you. I love you. I am tempted to just make you sing for every podcast <laughs> to get my <sighs> K-Sing fix. Oh, I'm tired now. I'm tired. A round of applause oh. to listeners. Listen for K. Wherever you are, just give her a round of applause. Oh, oh is thank it, you. Is it K-Awesome? Thank you. Is it K-Awesome, you guys? I'm sleepy now. <laughs> Even after a throat surgery, K still got it. Thanks, babe. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I love listening to you sing, and it gets me way more excited than I care to admit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, noticed the circus is in town, so... Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pitching a tent, yep. and uh, the elephants are <laughs> not around, as you can tell. <laughs> Jesus. But I am... Um... It's not tone deaf without a little Richard humor. <laughs> He's a he's a close personal friend of yes, the family. Yes, yes. Richard Humor is one of our one of our uh, main characters, <laughs> themes. Uh, yeah, all of the above. Yeah, I'm oh sorry. My I'm gosh. I'm just still enthralled. <gasps> I'm enthralled with you. Thanks, babe. I'm glad you enjoyed that. That was and and I sh- I I am certain everyone listening enjoyed that too because if Thanks. they didn't. I know where to find them. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. So, are you prepared for the fifth Weber week, which is also Weber week 40, because I'm great at math. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting our, our podcast with a Weber show. You know, yeah. It's, it's been made it that way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm excited because I know that this is a... Uh, Let's say this might be one of the most popular Weber shows because 
I have probably seen this referenced more times than Cats or mm-hmm. anything else. This is indeed his most popular show. And I will get into it more, but this is probably one of the most well-known Broadway musicals. And I'll get into the metric on why I'm saying that. Okay. So, um, like I said, we're covering Phantom of the Opera. It's his most well-known musical. It's based on the novel, The Phantom of the Opera, by Gaston Leroux. Gaston! And, uh, I'm starting to think that people named Gaston probably have some issues because in looking at the novel versus the musical, not much has changed. Oh, really? Like, with regards to the creep factor, so... Ah, okay. So it was, the creep factor wasn't compounded by Weber adapting it. The no. Creep, the creep factor was alive and well there. Creep factor was alive and well. So, For someone who's never seen the show, I do know a fair amount about it. Yeah, I, I think Wishbone did it? I... Fairly certain Wishbone did it, or I have an elaborate fabricated memory, one of the two. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, this is the thing that both Warren and Kay know. Did yes. Wishbone do it? It was yes. one of the children's programming that we both <laughs> consumed. Such a good dog. Mm-hmm. So, Weber composed this with Re- Richard Stilgo, um, who returns from Starlight Express. He's still going. Dick still go. Dick still going. Watch Dick go. <laughs> so, um, and uh, Charles Hart wrote the lyrics. Now I'll get into this, but he wasn't the only lyricist involved. Wait, I my my brain just glossed over the fact that another person who worked on Starlight Express also worked on Phantom of the Opera. Yes. No, I feel like Starlight Express should have been his pop him in the meat grinder moment. Like, nope, he's done. <laughs> three green times. The, soil and green, this motherfucker. <laughs> Grind the meat three times. Three All right. times through the grinder <laughs> makes the meat juicy and tender. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Wrong show, Warren. <laughs> that one was my fault. So, um... So, it, it got its start in 1984. And Weber was wanting to write a romantic musical and thought Phantom of the Opera would be a good idea for a romantic musical, which... My stuff is so bizarre. I guess. I've got to write a musical that makes panties drop. Oh, and... I know, an old man who abducts a young woman. (laughs) It's so fucking creepy. So, uh, he grabbed Cameron McIntosh, who produced Cats... And they watched film versions performed by Lon Chaney and Claude Rains, and they weren't able to figure out a way to translate that story onto stage, and part of the reason was because the book was out of print. Oh. So there was no way to look at the original source material. There wasn't an existing copy somewhere? Well... At the time, there wasn't. Then, Weber goes to New York and finds a second-hand copy of the original book. And um, he was able to bring this creepy-ass romance to the stage with that source of inspiration. Thank God Weber found that. And so, in his words, I was actually writing something else at the time, and I realized that the reason I was hung up was because I was trying to write a major romantic story, and I had been trying to do that ever since I started my career. Then... 
with the phantom it was there. Your face. <laughs> Listening him talk about because I I don't know the the more we cover Weber the more I'm like fuck you Weber. So <laughs> <laughs> I ever mean, since I start I wanted to write a major romance but. I didn't write anything. I just adapted something that already exists. But I'll take credit for it as a major romance. I I don't know if this guy can have original thoughts. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean, because I, I sit here and I go, well, we're being really hard on him, but like Stephen Sondheim adapts a lot of things, but he does interesting twists on them. Like, um, when we get into End of the Woods, that'll be an interesting twist. Or the fact that he did a whole musical about a painting. So I was so I was right. Into the Woods is about looking for the lost city of Atlantis. Because yes. that is one motherfucking huge twist. Yes, it is. It it is about look goddamn <laughs> I've decided what we're doing next. So, <laughs> we need to nip this in the bud. <laughs> so um with he had wanted Jim Steinman to uh provide lyrics but jill or jim steinman not jill steinman goodness i've got stuff on the brain right now um uh jim steinman needed to fulfill this obligation to bonnie tyler and he's probably kicking himself that he's like what with this 80s musician that instead of going with one of the most popular fucking musicals of all time god damn it but um he owed a blood debt he, he owed a blood debt had to be paid yeah. Uh, then Weber tried to get Alan J. Lerner. That sounds familiar. Where do Lerner? Where do I, where do I know Lerner from? Oh God, the hope in your eyes. You're like, are you gonna get? I'm not gonna get it. Where do I know Lerner? So from? he's from the duo Lerner and Lowe. Oh God, damn it. Okay. who we covered twice. Only one of them is viewable by regular listeners. The rest can listen to it on Patreon. Oh, okay, okay. So Lerner Lowe uh, did Paint Your Wagon? Yes. And the other one, is it Pirates of Penzance? That's Gilbert and Sullivan. God damn it. <sighs> Look on your face. You, you, oh, you have so much hope behind those eyes, and I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> I hate disappointing my wife. Oh. That's why we started this podcast, so I could disappoint her <laughs> on a regular basis. My fair lady. Okay. So, okay, so skip to the ending. I'm going to hate the ending of this. <laughs> I don't... Well, okay, so he had gotten Jay Lerner, but Jay Lerner developed a brain tumor and oh. couldn't continue. So Lerner stopped I mean, this learning. is at the end of it. God damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Sorry, is it too soon? When when did Lerner die? I think eighty six. So you know when this show premiered, um, that he he couldn't continue, and there's only uh, yeah, death makes it hard to continue. Well, he wasn't dead yet. Well, he this was in like eighty four that okay. this happens. Um, he was able to contribute one song, which is Masquerade, and that's the only thing that remains in the show that's learner's influence um richard stilgo then was brought in to write the lyrics for the original production which were then rewritten by charles hart <laughs> you know what i'm down with that because if he worked on starlight express i don't want him working on anything else just full stop i will throw him in front of a train nope 
I oh, no 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 I will trank him. Sorry, the problem in front of the trank train, a tranker. <laughs> Thomas the trank engine. <laughs> so um. With this show, Weber tried to have his composition feel more operatic, and he emulated the styles of different composers for some of the songs, since, you know, this takes place in an opera house with opera singers. Makes We're going to get into that in a little bit, because this caused a problem. Really? Yes. <laughs> can I can I jump to what I think the problem will be? What do you think it will be? Is it that they're trying to do opera music in a stage that's not designed for opera music, so that doesn't sound right? Nope. Okay. This, this, it's, it's great. It's hilarious. Here I thought I might actually be able, oh, oh never mind. Then we'll self-pity me later. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a preview performance of the first act in Weber's hometown of Sidmonton in 1985. And this version was the version that had the original Richard Stilgo lyrics, uh, <laughs> it starred Colm Wilkinson as the Phantom, Sarah Brightman as Christine, and Clive Carter as Raoul. Uh, fun Raul. fact, the Phantom's mask was a full mask okay. instead of the half mask. Oh, there's, okay. And so the singing was less like what I demonstrated at the start, and more like... <laughs> Let's record this entire episode this way. Yeah, no. So this got changed. Makes sense. Um, so <laughs> they could have changed the title to Phantom of the Muffle. <laughs> Muffle of the Opera. I don't know. Yeah. There's 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 potential there. Um, so in. On September 26, 1986, Phantom opens on the West End, and it makes its mark on musical theater history by becoming the second longest-running musical in the world after Les Miserables and the third longest-running er, running theatrical performance, period, beaten out by the mousetrap. Wow. It's still going on the West End. That explains why I've seen so many references for years and years and years. In fact... It had its 10,000th performance on October 23rd, 2010. Wow. And, again, still going. <laughs> and I know I'm not going to like it as much as it... I, it just, I won't. I'm just like, I'm going to be super surprised if I actually really... Because things, when things are super goddamn popular like that and just keep going, mm -hmm. I usually feel like they're overrated <laughs> i will say this is probably musically one of his best shows okay but i'm not a weber fan so i mean i had my period when i was younger because we all have a weber period um <laughs> but then you matured and yeah and then i was just like oh jesus christ superstar <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think you're as good as you think you are? Weber, um, you've gone a step too far. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those shows that, I mean, I definitely like it more than what we watched last week, and I like it uh, more than a lot of other shows, but I would say this is middle of the road for me. So it's, it's with no... musicals. It's no Grease or Rocky Horror. Yeah, it's not Grease or Rocky Horror, it's and no it's Parasite. not Once on this Island. It's just in the middle. It's not... Amazing, like Once on this Island, and it's not 
So it's kind of like... Jesus what, Christ, why did I watch this? So it really just exemplifies what you've talked about with Weber, where he kind of just tries to write what has the most broad mass appeal yes. and is kind of the safest yes. thing. And it's it's why I like Sondheim more than Weber. You know, what does that say when a very popular story that has run for over 30 years on stage uh, is about a middle-aged guy who kidnaps a not-even-legal girl? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't want to get too much into the plot. There's like a love triangle going on with it, which is weird. And he's her mentor, which is weird. <sighs> Fucking hell. Anyway. Um, so I, I think what it is is Weber is just, he's like, as an older man, well, I want to put my dick I in think, younger women. I think it's more that he, uh, this was a common romantic trope and you're kind of brought up to think that that's romantic. It's the whole reason why you don't have female romantic leads that are over, like, 30 mm. in anything. Because it's like, oh, younger women with an older man. It's That's just the way it Being is. Being written and produced by an older man. Yeah, it's just the way it's always been. So I think part of it is the conditioning there. I don't want to say that... Weber for sure is a creep or anything. I I do know that he has not had a very good track record with wives. He probably is a bit of a creep. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say anything regarding that. I'm just going to say that, yeah, it's a little I'll make baseless little accusations. Weird. Come at me, Weber. Please don't. We don't have <laughs> money. <laughs> we'll have a bro down, Weber. Oh, God. <laughs> um... Yeah, it's it's one of those shows that I honestly just feel like Weber is the McDonald's of musical theater, and Over maybe forty billion served. Yeah, and I feel like like Phantom is one of his good shows. I don't really like much food at McDonald's, so I don't know what I compare <laughs> it to. But you know, it's 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 one of his good shows. It's not terrible like Starlight Express, so it's one of his better ones. Um, back to its history. My bad. No worries, babe. Uh, the Broadway opening was January twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight, and this show broke the ten thousand performance barrier uh, on Broadway on February eleventh, twenty twelve. And it's the longest-running show on Broadway, beating out the competition by 3,500 performances. Jesus Christ, superstar. Yes. Uh, now, back to the thing I was saying about the opera singing and stuff. Okay. Want to hear some about some alleged plagiarism? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my God. So, one of, <laughs> so his most popular show, he has... Allegations of plagiarism. Yes. Oh my god. Um, That's fucking great. So Puccini's estate claimed that Music of the Night, which is the song that I parodied, was stolen from his opera Girl of the Golden West. <laughs> and this suit came about in 1987, and they settled out of court. Which means that he did, but like he, there was enough evidence to be like, yeah, you ripped this off. And he was like, how much do I have to pay you to make this go away? Yeah. Uh, then songwriter Ray Rep accused Weber of stealing the title song, Phantom of the Opera, from his song, Till You, which Weber then said, oh no, you stole it from me, 
because uh, it sounds too much like close every door from Joseph. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay. I uh, raise your accusation with a counter accusation. Courts ruled in favor in favor of Weber uh, regarding the Phantom Crib notes from Till You lawsuit, but didn't let him countersue regarding close every door because come on, Weber. <laughs> so. Uh, so great Weber was going to countersue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they were like, no, but yeah, you win on the Phantom of the Opera didn't rip this song off. But dude, come on. Um, so like I said, with the show being super popular, it's been performed in 28 continent countries on all continents, except for Antarctica, because emperor penguins are uncultured monsters who do not appreciate musical theater in any form. And happy feet did nothing to help with this. <laughs> now, Come at me penguins. Now I just want to, you not, can't, I want to have like this cosmic swap to a, Antarctica, and there's penguins sitting around one who's like, ah, 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 like <laughs> putting on a performance, and then they're just, God. so this show has also won almost every award it's been nominated for because, of course, it has. It's honestly easier for me to say which awards it didn't win. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. It's best original score. So, well, <laughs> it didn't win best designer at the Laurence Olivier Awards, where okay. it took best musical and actor and other shit. Um, it didn't win the Drama Desk for outstanding musical or, or outstanding actress, but it won the other seven awards that it was nominated for. It didn't win the Tony for Best Book or Best Original Score, because obvious, but it took Best Musical among its eight Tonys. So, yeah, it... You know, it, it makes me laugh, because any criticism I have of Weber, he's he would hear it from behind a desk that is littered with awards. He'd be like, oh, what? what's that? What's that you're saying? <laughs> I can't hear you behind my mountain of fucking Tonys. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, eh, we can gripe about his shows but they're still ridiculously popular um there's a sequel what it's called love never dies we're gonna cover it later is it written by weber yes it's by weber and i'm going to mock him relentlessly for writing a musical version of phantom of the opera fan fiction because you know what if he can do it i can make a musical of my adventure zone fan fiction or my fix it fit fic from les mis when i was 14 i'm still never going to give anyone my username for fanfiction.net <laughs> from when i was 14 i'm sure y'all can do the math and try to figure it out but i bet you won't <laughs> Don't don't give that kind of blank ticket to the universe. They'll it'll it'll procure it'll procure what you fear. I mean, it's not bad. It's just old shame because <laughs> I love that. Not old shame. It's not like my. It's ooh, not well ooh, structured ooh. like my latest fanfics. So. Ooh, that might be my my new name for Weber's old shame. Old shame. <laughs> You're an old shame, Weber. <laughs> You're an old shame, Weber. Yeah, like <sighs> we're gonna cover Love Never Dies. God, I don't. I don't look forward to it, but I do look forward to mocking it, especially because from everything I've heard about the reaction to it, and I've I've 
gotten the plot and I've listened to a little bit of it and it's just, no one likes it. It didn't need to happen. Neither did the sequel novel that it's based on because it's based on a novel that was a fan fiction, basically. See, and I'm still hung up on the title, Love Never Dies, because I'm like, I'm pretty sure the sun exploding would take care of all parties that are capable of love and even know the person. On Earth. On Earth. No, yeah, yeah, Martians would be like, oh, poor Jeffrey, he loved Megan so much. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, but yeah, no, I, I... I will drag Weber for doing a musical about a fan fiction, because <laughs> that means that my fan fiction can become a Broadway musical at some point. Well, I guess he's, he's just adapting stuff. He, I don't think he can he can do original thoughts. There's a challenge, Weber. There's a challenge, Weber. If you want an actual challenge, make a musical that is I, completely unique. I'm, I'm that trying is to out of your think head. if he has one that's not an adaptation because it's kind of like how Disney. You think that you found a yeah. non adaptation, and then you find out it was a fucking adaptation yeah. of an out of print book, and you're like, "Come on, Disney! Yeah, really, Lady of the Tramp and Dumbo <laughs> aren't even original. What the fuck?" <laughs> I knew Bambi wasn't an original, because the book of Bambi is fucking depressing. Speaking of McDonald's of uh, the art world, uh, Disney's, yeah. Disney's pretty up there. With... There we go. Weber is to musical theater as Disney is to animation. And both are successful and have lots of money. Except Disney is starting to really creep into Broadway, too. So, Weber, watch your back, because Disney's going to buy you. <laughs> <clears throat> Hey, Weber. Hey there, Weber. Ha. Huh. I'm gonna buy you. <laughs> Any amount will do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Okay, we better stop before the I get has, myself into too much trouble. The mouse has too much power, you guys. Okay. Alright, so are you ready to watch? This This version, um, Ruckland actually told me about that's the... Oh, dope. Albert Hall version, and I was able to find it on Amazon, so we'll, we'll watch that one. Thanks, Ruck. I've I've seen stuff done at Royal Albert Hall, like, not personally been there, but I've seen recordings, and it's usually, like, really fantastic, so and this will probably be better than the one that I saw when I was a kid. Nice. And this is uh, the Prince Albert Hall? Jesus Christ. Royal Prince Albert Hall? Oh my god, the Royal Albert Hall, yes. Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, not Prince Albert. God damn it. <laughs> god damn it. Or, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I used up too much energy singing and now I can't. I'm so tired, you guys. <laughs> so tired. I just need to pour some coffee down your throat. Yep, just, just gravage feed me coffee. <laughs> That's a horrific thought. That was that was a sad joke. I'm sorry. Okay, let's go watch some Phantom of the Opera. I almost went to be or not to be, but that is so wildly <laughs> not even associated. <laughs> Shakespeare, Shakespeare, right? Hamlet, yeah. <laughs> to creep or not to creep. That is not even the question. I mean, do you see that sand girl over there? Damn! Oh, Jesus I'm gonna Christ. abduct the fuck out of that girl. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're stopping now. <laughs>
Hi folks, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon sponsors. Thank you to our stage crew sponsors, Jasmine Wu and Reagan, and our producer circle sponsor, Bianucci. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Now let's hear a word from one of our favorite shows, History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. So, what'd you think? He thinks, he wonders, which song am I going to try to parody? Which song am I going to think of? You were so incredibly right, and then my brain was like, no, after the, the bombshell awesomeness that exploded in the uh, ears of our listeners at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> I'm just like, no, like, I, I can't, I can't compete with that. That's, that's honeyed gold right there, and I'm just dirty Thanks. dishwater blonde. You are not dirty dishwater blonde. But that was honey gold that you were, it was dripping from your vocal cords. I, yeah, that sounded better in my head, and then I said it, and then I saw your face react, and I went, oh, oh that was off the mark a little bit. So, I feel like I owe Weber one little smidge of an apology. Yeah. Because uh, I really liked this. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I think this is probably my favorite one of his shows that mm-hmm. we've done. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, I'd say second is probably Cats. Because even though understandable, cats, even though cats is really weird, I really enjoyed the uh, costumes and mm-hmm. the dancing. Well, and musically, Weber or Weber does really well with cats and Phantom, and the other ones kind of flag off after that. Hey, honestly, uh, I like Jesus Christ Superstar to an extent, mm-hmm. but uh, he okay, couldn't okay, pick okay. a fucking. Tongue. Okay, we're not we're not gonna get into that one. All right, <laughs> I've already already died. But no, one. I I agree and. I really liked this cast. This cast was really good. This production was triple A value. Like, that's the thing, man, is I'm like, it was so incredibly Mm -hmm. well done that I feel like it has set the bar for Phantom Productions. Like, anything that's going to be produced and maybe uh, recorded and brought, like, this thing. The bar is moved up here. Yeah. Courtesy of Weber. I will say that my first exposure to this show, other than a bully in elementary school who was kind of a bitch about 
phantom and stuff just being like did you throw acid in their face no where do they live <laughs> jesus let's go throw acid in no their face. uh just you know it was it was a case of someone who had just seen it and wanted to be christine Daye and what well, and was kind of obsessed with phantom and was mean on the playground and stuff and i won't get into the stuff that happened with that bully but it kind of tainted that plus my mom and I saw a production that was a touring cast, and usually touring casts are really, really good. Usually. The cast that I had seen ruined Phantom for me. Did, didn't you say it was uh, really bad diction? Yeah, you could not understand a fucking word they said. And with me having audio processing issues, I'm like, great. I have no idea what's being sung right now. It sounds nice, but... Even uh. though I know you were a kid, it's one of those things that uh, my smart-ass nature, if I was in that situation, wants to be like, can you put on subtitles? Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. I know you can do it. I've seen an opera. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, was, I was very... I was very surprised and mm -hmm. pleased with yeah. this version that we watched and... Everything this this might this might be the most glowing review I've given of a Weber mm -hmm. show. It deserves it. Yeah, especially it really does. this cast and this production deserves it. So thank you, Ruck, for recommending this oh, one. Absolutely, because otherwise it would have been the Gerard Butler movie, and I really didn't want to do that one. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here like I didn't even know that that one existed. Yeah, I've. So, peel back the curtain a little bit. I was really sick writing the script for this episode and writing the notes down. And so as we're watching, I'm going, fuck, I forgot to note this. Fuck, I forgot to note that. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, because, you know, smoke inhalation's fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kay was more smoke than woman that day. Yep. Okay. Uh, My gender so. is smoke. Your gender is smoke. Like it, God damn it. And then my brain goes to read and it's like, so was like, that's a very fluid way of representing a gen. Like, mm -hmm. Sorry. And just like that, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, yeah, it was really good. So the show, it takes place at the very beginning. It says 1905. Paris. An auction. Conducted by someone with an English accent. I guess it's reasonable to have an Englishman in France in 1905. But it's what, but what my brain is focusing on right now is an Englishman uh, doing a French auction. And my brain is kind of like, is this Weber's English? Is this just a jab at the French for him? It's like, why wouldn't he be like, make the Frenchman English? <laughs> I'm Weber. Uh Anyway, <laughs> nothing ever done in France is done with a French accent because Les Mis wasn't done with French accents. <laughs> right, I made the that. The fucking Tenardiers have yeah. Cockney accents. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, uh, I made that joke during our Les Mis thing. Just like, everything's always in English accents. You're a French guy. Anyways, that bit of insanity aside, everyone is at the auction is bidding on normal things. Show posters, pistols, human skulls, haunted monkey dolls that steal your soul and haunt your dreams with the soulless eyes. Oh, a guy is singing about buying the haunted monkey doll. Fun. Oh, lot 666. Spoopy. Oh, oh, and, and they're selling a real haunted chandelier from the mystery of the Phantom of the Opera. A mystery, we're told. That was never solved. 
but the chandelier has been restored with ectoplasm. Oh, <laughs> oh, and bronze titties. How much are those, Mister Auctioneer? <laughs> so at the auction, they're just like, "Hey, we have what was it? It was Hannibal, right? It was like a movie cloth movie yeah. posters or not movie poster, opera promotional yeah. poster thingy, old timey movie poster. It was an old timey <laughs> movie poster." <laughs> From the live action movie, <laughs> from the live action, the live action, live live action movie of, of Hannibal, <laughs> of Hannibal, and uh, that got auctioned off. And then they had a thing that was like a wooden pistol with three human skulls, but I guess mm-hmm. it's like all set stuff, so it's not real. Yeah. And uh, what what was the deal with the monkey? Like, that's the music box that was in the Phantom's oh, oh, oh. quarters. So do we? Okay, okay, remind me of that beginning auction scene, because I want to bring it up at the end and have you tell me who the fuck that old guy was that bought the monkey box. You you didn't realize? No. So so at the very beginning, when he says, uh, Raul, the Vicomte of... Sh- blah, 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 that's Raul. Oh, that's Raul. Okay. Yeah. Was... Was Christine with him? Nope. It's implied she's dead. Oh, okay. Yep. Glad that happy ending worked out for them. Well, I mean, he's Spoilers, older. Spoilers, folks. He's older, so... <sighs> you know... There's Kay, bringing the mood it's, down. It's pre-medicine, so she could have gotten typhoid or tuberculosis or... Strep throat. They, strep throat. They could have given her Dr. Farney's teething syrup. No. I mean... No, ma. You ruined, you ruined it, Kay. Now I don't want to do this anymore. Now I know that... Christine is dead and everything she went for went through was for nothing. Maybe she had a good long life. Maybe this is after you know what? he Maybe maybe she's just at a spa with her friends and it's a girl's day out <laughs> and, a, her, and her husband went to the auction because that's what he likes to do. Warren, she's gone to a farm upstate. And she's running around on the farm with all the other mezzo soprano and soprano lead actresses from classic musicals like like with she's running around on the state with uh with oh no i've forgotten her name from jekyll and hyde my favorite character damn it that's my job is to forget things (laughs) but you really mean it Kay? yes and she's running around frolicking with eponine okay she's and fontaine as as long as she's as long as she's in a better place Having fun because yes, because she's running around on that farm upstate with all that land. <laughs> all right, the intro music is pretty dope. Uh, has almost an electro pop organ orchestra vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Not sure if that's an actual genre, but it is now because I just said it. So <laughs> I've spoken those words into the universe, and now it has manifested. Mm-hmm. The story of Phantom of the Opera starts, of course as one would logically think, and totally not type up a bunch of notes attempting humor and then realizing, oh my god, they're starting it with the opera because he's the phantom of the opera. So, I had to retype this bit a little bit uh, for that reason. Uh, (laughs) So the opera opens up with the Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland. And she got an early Christmas present, courtesy of Rome. But she doesn't seem too happy about it. Uh, the, the present in question from Rome is a severed head, uh, because she's the Queen of Hearts and it's always off with their heads. A muscle man sneaks up on the Queen of Hearts and she gives him a sultry look before the king, I guess, 
shows up to be like, hey, was that from Rome? I hate Rome. Let's go to war with Rome. And the king and queen sing about how much they hate Rome, and they're going to go to war with Rome. And there's the great part, because the guy's, is he Italian or something? Or Latin yeah, or but Because uh, he says, when he's singing initially, he's like, sings Roma. Mm-hmm. And then we realize, okay, this is the the opera that the Phantom is haunting because then the director comes on stage, no, 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 it's Rome, not Roma. He's like, Rome is hard for me to say. He's like, I don't care, just do it. Yeah. And so it's funny when he's singing that part and every time he says Rome, it sounds different and he looks over at the director. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like every time he says Rome, he's really saying, fuck you, you English twat. <laughs> so, <laughs> the king and queen... Dance and sing while the muscle man whips the dancing girls. Now that's what I call motivation. The song ends and the director or something comes up to tell the cast. Now I know rumors have been floating around that I'll, that I'd like to take the opportunity to flush those rumors. The director tells everyone about his replacement and thanks everyone for being so wonderful. The new boss is introducing the old boss. See, the new boss is introduced by the old boss, and pleasantries are exchanged all around. Um, like the the new people in charge, they go up to uh, the Queen of Hearts, and they're like, "Oh, you're such a great singer, and oh, I loved you in this," and they're just patting the egos of the talent. Mm-hmm. The cast resumes their dress rehearsal, and all seems well. Too well. Sounds like. A plot device needs to be implemented. The stage freaks out and goes haywire for a moment. Uh, The leading lady freaks out on the director for his years and years of not believing the Phantom is real. The Phantom of the Opera! (laughs) The leading lady leaves in a huff and so does the leading man. The old boss looks to the new boss and says, Ha! Ha 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 ha! I'll be in Frankfurt. Good luck, my fucking dudes. And bounces (laughs) off stage and out of the theater. And uh, that part was always great, too, because it's almost he gives them, oh, buyer's remorse, like, you should have read the fine print, bye! <laughs> like, the Phantom's your problem now, ha-ha! Not my problem anymore! <laughs> Not my problem, ha-ha-ha! Uh, the new bosses are freaking, because the leading lady left, and there was no understudy to replace her due to the newness of the show. Uh, Theater Trunchbolt comes on stage... <laughs> And is like, the phantom must be appeased. He demands an empty box and money. Because ghosts are known for wanting cold, cold hard cash. So you like theater trunchbull? She, she was theater trunchbull. You can't not see it now, can you? With the hair and everything. She looked like a smaller, meaner version of Trunchbolt, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> Matilda references. You didn't think I'd be able to find a way to get it in Phantom of the Opera. Well, you'd be wrong. Shit. Debating if I should go on on my notes or let Kay. I like... <gasps> you okay, baby? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. You can close your eyes, let us have some laughing time while you recompose your mind. And I'll continue with my notes. He doesn't believe me when I say he can sing. So the new bosses scoff at the prospect of paying a poltergeist and decide to drink on the job as the stage people scramble to find a replacement leading lady. Chrissy D is the lucky duck and is 
and it soon becomes apparent she is a powerhouse. They get her dressed and ready for the show. Laughing at Chrissy D. Because it's Christine Daae. 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 Da. Daae. Daae. Christine Daae, who apparently is the daughter of some famous violinist. Mm-hmm. Which we find out more about that later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so because what happens is a uh, uh, leading lady goes off in a huff because she's like, "You've never done anything about this phantom, and I'm not going to put up with it anymore." And rushes out, and they're like, "We have no second person to step in for her." And one of the ballerina girls, who I name her later because I've never bothered to learn what her name is, I call her Blondie Ballerina. <laughs> uh, Blondie Ballerina is like, "But Chrissy can do it. She can sing. She's a." And they're like, okay, okay, girl, sing. And then they're listening and they're like, okay, okay, she's pretty good. All right. And then they, they decide they're going to shove her into the role uh, since they since they have to get ready for the performance. Because they fucking sold seats. People expected goddamn opera to go to. <laughs> they got to present. The show must go on. So, okay, that's right. So new bosses are scoffing at the prospect of Poltergeist. They're like, we're not going to pay him some phantom 20,000 francs a month to not exist and uh, <laughs> so they're scoffing at the very concept of him uh get chrissy ready she's a powerhouse chrissy d rocks the audience and is recognized by the future love interest of the show raul who is very very excited and pitches a tent <laughs> and pitches an excitement tent much like i did uh when i was watching Kay sing at the beginning of this episode there was much tent pitching just you, there was some camping going on if you get my drift. Lots of tent pitching. Pitching. The show was a success and everyone is rejoicing until Theater Trunchbolt, the fun police, steps in to stomp on any joy. The dancing girl, okay, dancing girl flees in fear. So that was a blondie ballerina and her friends flee in fear. And Theater Trunchbolt tells Chrissy D that he will be very pleased. The mystery he, of course, being the phantom of the opera. <laughs> Chrissy D is relaxing in her room when Raoul comes in with a single rose and a boner. The two recount how it's been years since they've seen each other, and Raoul just assumes that he will that she will want to be with him. But she but uh, he excitedly rushes out of the room before Chrissy D can be like, But I have a new mystery man in my life. The Phantom is angry at this young punk, thinks he's the cock of the walk. That fool! That arrogant boy! The Phantom won't take this new rooster in his hen house and decides that he will abduct Chrissy D with the power of music. And like a male siren, he lures Chrissy D into the secret passage behind the mirror and apparently into an elaborate underground canal system. <laughs> The lair of the phantom <laughs> of the opera. In case you were wondering. Now, I'm going to take this moment to say that the phantom is a creepy fucker. The lyrics alone should raise red flags for everyone. This guy is possessive. You're here for me. You're here to serve me. To sing for me. Me, 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 me. <coughs> you okay, babe? Excuse me. The Phantom is like the seagulls from Finding Nemo. Me, 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 Chrissy D for me, 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 Chrissy D, me, 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 
Me? That's the phantom in this. Chrissy D, me, me, you're for me, right? Me? Just me, 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 me. <laughs> you know, someone should tell the phantom that um, confidence is not the same thing as arrogance. Women like confidence, but mm-hmm. they don't like arrogance. Unless they're fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> the phantom sings Chrissy D into a coma and puts her to bed like a gentleman. <laughs> He then decides that this is the perfect time to play the old one-handed organ. I mean, play the organ. Jesus Christ! <laughs> He's just polishing up his most recent piece on the one, the one-handed organ. Oh, I bit my tongue. <laughs> Some organ polish will help that. Oh, wow, this is a wacky and wild one we're on. <laughs> As expected, the dulcet tones of the pipe organ gently stirs Chrissy D from her sleepy dream time. She seeks out her mysterious tutor slash abductor slash uh, Stockholmer, who is engrossed in his, who is so engrossed in his organ playing that he is not aware of her presence. Chrissy D does a no-no and pulls off the Phantom's mask. The Phantom freaks the fuck out and we get to see his violent side as he pushes and shoves Chrissy D to the floor. He then tells her, Oh, it's fine. Fear can turn to love. I'm an acquired taste, like an overly hoppy beer. Yeah, (laughs) it bites and it's not very enjoyable, but if you consume enough of it, you'll eventually not mind it so much, and you could even grow to crave its terrible flavor. (laughs) The scene... Phantom of the Opera is an IPA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, the scene changes from Chrissy D and the Phantom of the O to the new boss's offices as they're, re- as they're reading the paper and lamenting over the free press. As rumors swirl and the staff walks out, the boss, re- uh, the boss pair read some notes from the opera's suggestion box and get all huffy over the Phantom's extortion of them. <laughs> extortion efforts. The Phantom also wants Chrissy D to replace the main lead, uh, maining, main leading lady, Carlotta. Carlotta and her husband uh, bellow their mellow mood as only opera singers can do <laughs> and the bosses try to appease and console her. No, you're great Car- Car- uh, eh, Carlotta. We don't believe in ghosts and I'm sure that ignoring his threats will have no repercussions. On a side note, I'm betting the Phantom is gonna murder the Queen of Hearts. Off with her head and such, which I was wrong. He doesn't do anything to her. Not to her. No, not to her. <laughs> I thought for certain she was a dead woman. I mean, he does humiliate her, which for a singer is worse than death. Which, I'm going to bring up some points with that. He does some some, uh, spectral fuckery. Yeah, and... Is it ever explained? Well... Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit later. Yeah. The Phantom does not take the disobedience of his orders lightly and declares that it is war between them and an unimaginable disaster is going to befall them if they don't save his seat, pick his favorite singer, and pay him his allowance. The curtain raises for the show's next show and the Phantom demands have not been met. 
Chrissy D is in a silent role, and the Phantom's box is occupied by the bosses, who mock the Phantom and his threats of unimaginable disaster. There's a great line they have in there where they said, it's not a seat left, then just because it's a packed house. And he's like, oh no, unimaginable disaster. Just like, ha 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 You know, basically, they're, they're just painting that really big bullseye on their back. Yep. Just goading him. <clears throat> The Phantom is pissed about his box being taken, by the way, because he tells everyone in the theater about it. The Queen of Hearts calls Chrissy D a toad, and the Phantom politely suggests that perhaps she was the toad after all. The Queen of the Queen of Toads scoffs at the suggestion and tells the maestro to start it up again. As she tries to get the opera back on track, her throat croaks over and over with each try. The Phantom's cackle rings throughout the opera, and one of the new bosses tells everyone that the show will be back after a quick word from their sponsors. The commercial break for the opera is the ballet scene from Act 3. I believe the part was titled Hanging Around in Spring. During the springtime ballet scene, the weird set helper, who likes to oogle and scare the ballet dancers, gets an abrupt conclusion to his creepy life and swings in on the performance to scare all the ballet girls. (coughs) Are those jokes okay? (laughs) A man died on screen. A man died on screen. Everyone, and I mean everyone, Fear scatters due to the ill-timed murder, and Chrissy D and Raoul have a have a song and kiss scene where Raoul is like, "Let me be your man and keep you safe, <clears throat> cause you're so hot and sing like a goddess." And Chrissy D is like, "The Phantom, the Phantom will kill again. He was so ugly and horrific, but his voice, mmm, his voice, oh my God, his voice, Raoul." <laughs> That's pretty much what happens. Like, she is, like, burying her chest into Raoul, being like, Oh, it was horrible. He was so deformed and monstrous. But his voice. Oh, his voice, Raoul. I apologize. I seem to have some uh, organ polish in my throat. throat) Or maybe it's a toad in my throat. That was where I was about to go. Some toad polish. I don't know how you get toad polish. I assume from freshly squeezed toads. Or a freshly squeezed toad organ. Do toads have dicks? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, when I run out of ideas, I result to toilet humor. So that gives you an idea. This this wonderfully audio medium does not let you know what expression <laughs> I gave him. Kay's expressions are the best, you guys. I do, half of all the weird shit I do is just to see what her reaction is, I swear. The Phantom watches on from the dark and is like, Fat bitch. I gave her my music. I taught her, trained her, molded her, made her into what she is now. Like, like a Pygmalion. My Pygmalion. But she, she wants Raoul. I'ma kill someone. The Phantom is not happy. Nope. (laughs) After the Phantom's threat pout in song form, we return to the opera and the role swap of Chrissy D in place of the Queen of Toads. 
The Phantom flexes his ghostly power and brings the chandelier crashing to the stage in an unimaginable disaster of a closing first act. So Kay filled me in. They do like a whole bunch of lights and sparks with the chandelier. Because um, I guess in the main, in the original material, as well as other stage versions, the chandelier is supposed to crash to the stage. Mm-hmm. But in this theater, they didn't do that. They just did a bunch of lights and pyrotechnics, pyrotechnics. and stuff. Yeah. And um, to answer your question, because I had pulled it up, but I wanted to make sure. Uh, the Phantom, Eric, is a conjurer, as well as a architect and composer and blah, 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 so, blah, blah, So blah, that's blah. the thing is like they later on, okay, Kay, Kay talked about it, Later on, they talk about the Phantom's backstory and he's like, a, a, he is a prodigy and a savant at like everything yeah. he does. He is, he's, he's. If he if he wasn't so fucking ugly, he'd be the most famous person in the world kind of thing. Yeah. So, but even with that, I assume that all of his quote-unquote magic tricks are like feats of uh, technological illusion. Yeah. How does he make her croak? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one that makes me go, how do you make her... And the other thing, too, is that motherfucker has, like, some vampire telekinesis with his vocal cords. Because that bitch Chrissy goes into a fucking trance when he sings to her. To the point where it's like, I expected Raul in later scenes to come up and be like, Chrissy! Chrissy! Like, (laughs) bitch, wake up! Like... (laughs) The red spikes. (laughs) Because she is... She is like the definition of spellbound. She is literally yeah. entranced by his voice, which I'm like, well, actually, oh, Jesus Christ. Here I am criticizing that element. You saw me looking at you when you were singing. True. Earlier. I was entranced. I was enthralled. So like, okay. Okay, fine. Fuck you. Whatever. Man, I could have gotten you to do a lot of shit. Hmm. You already can. I am putty in your hands. Hmm. I, I am, I am, I am whipped into cool whip. That's how whipped I am. Go get me a bottle of wine. There's one inside the kitchen. Give me that wine so I'll drink it. Something that rhymes with kitchen. Stitching the wounds (laughs) that I obtained. God damn it. Bitchin' rhymes with kitchen. (laughs) Oh well. That's okay. God damn, I love when you sing. Okay. But yes, we do have wine, and I say we... we it's our anniversary wine, actually. It is. Because we it's... didn't drink it on our anniversary. No, because I was throwing up champagne, because I <laughs> can't drink champagne. <laughs> so that veil lifted to you listeners. Hey, is a lightweight. By the time you're lif- listening to this, we will have drunk wine. <laughs> Intermission opens back up with a costume party. They say it's a great way to ring in the new year, but it looks like Halloween, which I'm pretty down for, honestly. If I was the kind of person to go out for New Year's, or or Halloween for that matter, I'm a homebody. But enough about me, let's talk about Raul, and how <laughs> Raul wants Chrissy D to take his D in marriage. But Chrissy D is like, no, that will anger the Phantom. And Raul is like, what are you afraid of? Chrissy D, I'm here. And I'll protect you. After all, it's just an engagement. (laughs) I'm going to do that Raul voice the whole thing if it kills me. And I feel like it is a little bit because of how much I've been coughing today. 
Oh my god. <laughs> the Phantom makes his presence known and crashes the party in a badass fancy skeleton costume. Uh, thought I'd left you for good. No, I'm here. And I demand you put on this opera that I wrote. Play my musical fan fiction or I'll kill you. <laughs> he seemed to say with his skeletal ways and sways. Can I just say though, I want that fucking costume. <laughs> that is a badass costume the thing too is because it was it was fancy as fuck it was this really fancy like suit and the the hat reminded me of like a three musketeers yeah big hat with a feather and the whole thing was red um but then he had the skull mask the skull mask was so fucking cool that skull mask was amazing mm-hmm. i want that mask that was I so good too. i'm like looking uh, oh that god that was so good yeah it was so good okay Everyone, <laughs> okay, so so uh, yeah, and the Phantom. So he crashes this ha- this New Year's party. Yeah, I guess it was New Year's costume party, and is like, <laughs> produce my opera or I'll kill you. It's <laughs> pretty much what he tells everybody, and then <clears throat> that kind of oh, and he does a thing with Chrissy after he threatens everybody saying, mm-hmm. to, to do the opera. He then tells Chrissy like, I still have power over you or something. Yeah, and he like does a pyrotechnics flash that makes Chrissy, like, go weird for a bit. Like, that's the thing. Like, he he does some weird mesmerizing stuff mm-hmm. that... Uh, Chrissy, that bit, bitch needs a bit of a slap. Just, just, just a, just, just one. Just one good one. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, he's been doing this for years with her cuz he's been her tutor and her quote-unquote <clears throat> angel of music. So I wonder how so that... he's basically been grooming her oh, yeah. this there, whole time. There is some creepy ass. It is fucked. There, up. there are some really creepy undertones with this show. I don't feel like nobody should be able to deny that. Yeah, uh, if it, like I've I've known some people who really do ship Christine and Eric, and no, he's old enough to be her dad. Yeah, like that. Just no. And like, it, sure, you can go. Oh, this is a fucked up relationship, but man, they are not. No, no, those two no. are really bad for each other. Exactly, Garnet. <laughs> Everyone, and I mean everyone, is not thrilled about the Phantom's fanfic. He's wildly unpop- he's wildly unpopular, but they have to do it or he'll kill them. Theater Trunchbolt comes in- Almost made me choke on my water. <laughs> Just by Phantom's fanfic? Yes. Yeah, well, it's what it is. Yeah. Theater Trunchbolt comes in to read the Phantom's list of demands and veiled threats, as he insists that Chrissy D return to him to learn how to unlock her true potential and achieve her ultimate opera form. <laughs> Raoul is like, I have a plan, a dashingly devious and, de- de- and delectable plan, a plan so great they will speak about it in history books for thousands of years, this plan of mine, for I am Raoul, man of plans. <laughs> Raoul's plan boils down to leave Phantom's box five open for the Phantom. Have Chrissy D sing. Spring trap. Catch Phantom. Raoul is no runner-up for a Ghostbuster, I'll tell you that. (laughs) (coughs) 
Don't cross the streams. <laughs> Never play another man's organ. <laughs> Chrissy D is like, no, 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 don't make me do it. But they pressure her into being the bait for the phantom trap. Chrissy D rushes off in a fuss of refusal. Chrissy D has a sad song about her father. Yeah. Who died a long time ago in a plot far, far away. Her father was a friend and a warm, gentle man. Not at all like her phantom of the murdering maliciousness. The song's really, really good, and it ends very powerfully uh, mm-hmm. with her asking her father to help her move on. Like, the, <clears throat> it probably was one of my favorite songs, actually. Um, not necessarily the lyrics, but in the way she sang it. Mm-hmm. Because it starts out with her being really sad and afraid and basically saying, you know, I wish you were here, you know, mm-hmm. you were so great and da 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 da. And, but towards the end, like, because th- she is sad, but then she's like so, like, emboldened, empowered by the yeah. end of it that, you know, and she's like, man, the cast of this was so. This was an amazing oh, cast. Oh my God. And the woman who played Christine. Mm hmm. Was incredible. Yeah. Like, there were times that she was acting so good and just singing with all this passion and this force that I, like, look in her eyes and actually looked like she had some tears in her eyes. So, like, she she was she was in that role. If you can sing Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again, here again without crying, you have no soul. Oh, I can fucking do it. You 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 print me out the lyrics. You pull them up for me. I will sing that and not Cause, cry because well, I am a heartless. Fuck. I can't even listen to that song without feeling. It, but that's personal reasons too. But also that song just well also the plucks your heart straight. That's the, right. The we contract, did make that contract. Pact, you know. Yeah. You know, for for those of you, hey, the maybe, contract with the witch. Yeah. Well, you know, for those of you, just uh, this is your first uh, tone deaf episode. Well, for one, thank you, and also yes. go back to the beginning, okay? Uh, <laughs> you wait your turn in line like everyone else. Oh my god! I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, thank Lauren. you for listening. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she has to keep me on track. Um. Uh, uh. Yeah. Just so you know, if this is your first time listening, uh, Kay has my heart. So any emotions that a normal person would feel like grief or remorse, or shame flow th- through the black hole of my chest and into her heart. So she yep. feels double emotions. Yep. I only feel <clears throat> happy, hungry, horny, and angry. Yep. Those are like, those are the four emotions I feel. Yeah, I get the rest of them. <clears throat> it's it's the pact we made with the witch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now back to our regularly scheduled nonsense. <laughs> the Phantom... Lurked in the darkness, waiting for Chrissy D to finish her song to her father. He calls to her with his ghostly siren song. Raoul snaps Chrissy out of it, (laughs) out of her entranced state, and the phantom attempts to... I did, wow, I typed that up wrong. He attempts to like them with fire. (laughs) You heard that right. Like! The phantom attempts to like them with fire. Uh, with invisible science, also known as magic. But his accuracy is shit, and he only succeeds in sending both Chrissy D and Raoul offstage. The Phantom declares war on them both. If she won't love me, she will die! It's the night of the Phantom's fanfic, and Raoul is instructing the 5 to give him the big 410. Four, wait, wait, wait. What? 411. <laughs> the 411 on the security of the Opera House. The Phantom chimes in with, I'm here, bitches. You can't keep me out. 
Popo Pew Pew busts some caps in the empty box at the displeasure of Raul, who said only shoot if he must. But Pew Pew was like, but I must Pew Pew. The Phantom is like, bring it on, Raul, you little bitch. <laughs> the show begins with a feast and everyone engaging in drunken debauchery. Chrissy D is, uh, she's, uh, she's a little into this role and is giving some big time bedroom eyes to the man in black who I can totally tell is going to turn out to be the Phantom. Yeah. This is super obvious. The two <laughs> the two sing, and the man in black, who is uh, playing the Phantom in this live-action fanfic, is like, Come with me underground to kiss a face of pure putrefaction. <laughs> Chrissy D pulls the hood off of the man in black and... Oh my god, oh my god, it's the Phantom. I had totally had no idea that it was the Phantom. I am so, so surprised. The Phantom tries <laughs> uh, to leave and is cut off by Raul with a gun. Chrissy D pulls off his mask and sends him, the Phantom, into a ferocious rage. He grabs Chrissy D and pulls her off stage, casting another poorly aimed fireball to cover his escape. Some people do smoke <clears throat> bombs, he does firebombs. Firebomb. <laughs> Firebomb. The Phantom drags Chrissy D into the dark dungeon of his mind and pressures her to marry him, recounting her with his sad, sad life and how he's never known love. Raoul attempts to intervene but is subdued by the Phantom, who prepares to strangle him. He gives Chrissy D the ultimatum of, Marry me or Raoul dies! Chrissy D is like, I am sick of people trying to control me. I am a strong, independent opera singer, and I will make my own choices. Thank you very much, Mr. Man. Chrissy D has a pity epiphany and is like, Man, your life has been very hard. Let me kiss it better. <laughs> Chrissy D smooches the phantom, and we're treated with Raoul and his grimace face. The expression said it all, Raoul. Oh no, I'm going to... <laughs> oh no. Am I going to taste the Phantom's face when I kiss Chrissy D? I'm gonna have to make her brush her teeth or or some shit. Oh, oh, that's nasty, Chrissy D. <laughs> the Phantom's successful slide into first base was a life-changing experience for him. He decided that he would free Raoul and let Chrissy D and he leave in peace. Chrissy D returns once more to kiss the Phantom's hand because she still has the taste of his face in her mouth. <laughs> The Phantom decides to to make uh, the Phantom decides to make like his namesake and sits on the chair in his lair, puts his cloak over his face and body. Chrissy D's friend uh, Blondie Ballerina comes into the lair and lifts up the Phantom's cloak, only to find he's gone, vanished, evaporated, departed, disappeared, dissolved, and other synonyms. All that remains is his mask. Blondie Ballerina sits with the mask by her by her head and looks off into the distance. The end. I mean, except for the bowing and whatnot. <laughs> oh, oh wait, what's this? Is this, this is, this is Weber in a sharp blue shirt. Good choice, Weber. Weber comes out after the end of the performance, thanks everyone and uh, thanks to people and everyone involved and is uh, generally a classy guy. I gave him a hard time on our show for very justifiable reasons, but this made me like Weber more. Same. And you and I will talk about that more, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, I know my notes towards the end 
I felt I did realize as reading them got a little condensed. Condensed. That's because like the last third of this movie is just really long singing bits. Like very mm-hmm. little actually happens. Um, yeah. In terms of like where they're going on stage, because that last part in the lair with the phantom uh, lasts a while, and they just have a couple of really long singing bits. Singing bits. Yeah. As musicals are one to do in mm-hmm. operas. But yeah. I mm-hmm. I really liked this performance. I thought yeah. it was really really good. This is my favorite Weber show we've reviewed, and yeah. this will probably be my favorite Phantom production for the foreseeable future mm-hmm. until until Weber until someone one ups it until <clears throat> yeah. there's another chandelier drop. Yeah, until there's another chandelier drop, Instead and they're like drop. they're like, oh, you thought this one was so good, huh? Here, hold my chandelier. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really nice getting to see that ending um, with uh, Sarah Brightman and Colm Wilkinson and Michael Crawford and the other three phantoms, or other yeah. two phantoms, and then uh, the phantom from this cast, who was fucking amazing. Yeah. They did some really cool stuff, because after, you know, the, the ending... So, so do you know, I assume we're led to believe that... The Phantom of the Opera is still alive or something? Because of the sequel, yes. Oh god, I forgot about that. Okay, so that, okay, now we're talking about the beginning. That was Raul at the auction buying the the haunted monkey doll. Yes. Interesting, okay. Okay, that works. I'm okay with that now. Uh, <laughs> still not okay with his bullshit magic tricks. Um mm-hmm. Or his creeping on a kid. Oh, especially not okay with mm-hmm. with older man grooming younger woman mm-hmm. for being his. Yeah. Being his. That gets really fucked up. There, There is some creepy ass mm-hmm. shit in this show. Um, ultimately, minus my few gripes, well it's, done. Yeah, it's I mean, very good. And what's interesting too is as far as the story goes... Not a bad story, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, except for, of course, creepy old fuck creeps on mm-hmm. barely legal teen, mm-hmm. um, more or less. But just the overall, just good. Thumbs mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Thumbs up, good show. It's it's still not my favorite by any stretch of the imagination. No, but I, oh, you and I actually did talk about this earlier. Uh, we also are maybe a little concerned that... We may be over-liking the show because of watching Rocky Horror. Right before this, yeah. And how much Rocky Horror sucks. Yeah. So we could just be like, oh my god, this is winning the not Rocky Horror and, Award. And my bar for this show is really low. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, first production I've ever seen and yeah. I was blown I, away. I wish that had been the first production I had been exposed to because, yeah, the one that I had seen, I was like, meh. And then, like, snippets of the Gerard Butler one, I was like, meh. I didn't even go see it when it was in theaters, because I just didn't give a shit. And, I mean, this is me who went to see Rent opening night (laughs) in theaters. (laughs) And so, yeah, this is... But yeah, no, I really enjoy this production of it, and this production changed my mind a little bit on this show. Yeah. It's... It's probably one of my favorite Weber shows. Um, another one we're going to do that's Evita is also pretty good. 
his ones based in reality, I think, do better than, or maybe not based in reality, but based in, like, more recent events. Uh, because, like, Joseph is okay. Jesus Christ Superstar is okay. Cats is fun because it's weird as hell. Starlight Express is what the fuck. But Phantom and Evita are okay. I like them. Um, yeah, his his more based in reality shows are better than his weird ones. So it, this changed my mind a little bit on Phantom. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but since I since I feel like I covered stuff that I want to talk about pretty adequately um, in my notes and because I did like the show and other than the the uh, ja- the jabs that I've made at the material that I think is creepy. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the ending, the extra stuff yes. that happened. So after, you know, they do the, the curtain call and bring all the cast back to do their bows and everything, that's when Weber comes out and he's just got the stage to himself and he's just like, I want to thank everybody. You know, he's like, I, you know, I was here as a little boy seeing, you know, mm-hmm. this, you know, orchestra perform uh, Beethoven's symphony and stuff. And, he, and now to be here having my music done, he's just did one of those like, oh, my humble beginnings kind of yeah thing he's like look ma i've made it like was a little bit of that but uh then he proceeds to like thank everybody involved he brings on people from behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. and uh, thanks them on stage and gives them the time and he brings out his uh ex-wife who played uh christine when she was yep in phantom of the opera and she sings one of the songs with the with four previous uh, phantoms. phantoms behind her which that was actually more than um because it's funny we, we just listened to a very 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 skilled uh singer for the entire show so when listening to weber's ex-wife sing mm-hmm. i was a little bit kind of like yeah but uh bring but, her back but we just listened to her and she's yeah. fucking amazing yeah so like yeah you're you're good but we just listened to her. No, like, I, I, I kind of <laughs> felt... This, I kind of was like, oh, cool, Sarah... Br- oh. I kind of wish that they would have done something similar that they did with the uh, the Phantoms and yeah. brought out multiple women that, that played Christine because what the Phantoms were doing was really good because as uh, Weber's ex was singing the Christine part, the different Phantoms in the back would each be doing a line and yeah. you could hear the, different, the differences in the way that they sing. All very good singers. But, like, it was just... And it was funny, too, because Kay and I were joking that you'd see them... They almost had these looks of, like, they're trying to... There's a little bit of a of a, of a prick-waving dick fight, uh, but with vocal cords. Uh-huh. And uh, they were just trying to be like, no, I'm a better phantom. No, I'm a better phantom. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen that with Christine. Yeah, that would have been like, really cool. Cause, uh, and the actress's name that played Christine in this was Sierra Bogus, which... I enjoyed because she's from our home state, so yeah, yeah, yeah. She's man. she's a Coloradoan. Colorado mm. represent, right? Man, she was good. she was talented like, as fuck. So when she did so good, like I believed her character. Like mm-hmm. when in the parts where she was scared about the phantom coming after her and stuff like that. Like when when they're like talk about setting the trap, and she's like, no, no, no. She like, was so she good. Did so good. And she talked about that her dream has become her fear. Yeah. Know, now, like just she was like really good. <laughs> she sold the character for she me. Really and I just when they had Sarah Brightman singing I was like oh yeah she was great I mean maybe a little I don't want to say a little out of practice but just I mean 
she had definitely hasn't. I'm sure she practiced for the event, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like, we have a star in her mm-hmm. in her uh, peak of her prowess. Mm-hmm. Like have have the other Christines come out, you know? Yeah. There's... I think that that would have been a nice touch, mm-hmm. but... but that's we didn't direct that. No, we didn't direct it. Wasn't, it. Our, yeah. wasn't our decision. So leave it to a soprano to want to be the only one out there. Saying <laughs> You know, this show wouldn't, it's one of those things where I sit there and go, man, I'm glad I'm a contralto because no one's trying to get us, even though we're (laughs) not really that common. Hey, hey, I'm trying to get you all the time, okay? To sing, for smooches. Well, yeah. To sing. Yeah, but I don't have some weird old man in a half mask trying to steal me away under the oh no capital theater oh no because then we'd have a dead body yeah. and a problem yeah and need to get an extra shovel we wouldn't have to have a problem because we covered that two musicals ago on what to do you know it is right about dinner time right now it is although we don't have a creepy man in a mask tra- chasing me because i'm a contralto not a soprano what what do you think uh what do you think his meat tastes like being that very odd profession that he has? What would, would his meat pie be the best in the world since he's amazing? Or would it taste like his face? Would it taste like pus? Ew, I hate pus. Kay is horror laughing right now where I can tell that they are upset over what I said and they're upset that they find it funny. And so they're laughing, but they also feel bad about it. Like, Kay is really good at that. She'll be like, you're terrible. (laughs) But she'll say it while laughing. (laughs) Fan yourself, love. (laughs) Okay. But yeah. This This was a really good version. Thank you, Ruck, for recommending this one. Yes, this this was a great version. It it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to have to do the Gerard Butler one, and I didn't really care to see it when it was out. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, this was was really good. It was amazingly acted, amazingly performed, and really well produced. All around. I wish that a version like this would have been what I had seen the first time. All around, it's a triple-A production of a very popular show with some slightly problematic subject material Mm -hmm. and lots of really good singing. Yes. And very... Again, this is some of Weber's best composing. This is Weber's Big Mac. This is Weber's Big Mac. This is Weber's Big Mac. But tastier than a Big Mac, because Big Macs can be kind of meh. I've never had a Big Mac. Mm, they're just two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles on a sesame seed bun. So. Yeah, but they have that third bun in the middle. Why? Why, why do that? Just give me a double double burger. That's take, why you go to Carl's Jr. Take that. Take that bun out. <laughs> take that bun out. <laughs> a man can only handle two buns. Okay. <laughs> these hands. These hands, Kay. We're meant to hold two buns. Not three. I love you. So are you ready for the unveiling of November's theme? (gasps) So the theme comes uh, courtesy of your sister. (laughs) No theme November. No theme November. I love it. Therefore, to start out no theme November, we're going to be 
We're going to be making sure that you don't think that a musical takes place in Atlantis. We're going to go back to Stephen Sondheim. So, yeah, we're going to do Into the Woods. The good old Sondheimizer. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know about that one. <laughs> Sondheimizer. Sodem. Sondem? Sondemizer. Oh, God. But yeah, so. I'm just throwing out t shirt ideas. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Into the woods. So, I guess we'll talk about it more and we'll find out which one of us is right. Do they go into the woods? Or is it an incredibly uh, contrived uh, uh, ruse in order to find the secret submarine in a lake that's in the woods to go find the lost secret of Atlantis? See, see, they think that Atlantis was in the Atlantic, but they didn't realize that what it was is in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's just in a lake underground. underground well, like, like, the, the lake's not underground. The lake's on the surface. But you got to go under the lake to get to where Atlantis is. A lot of people don't know that, and I'm glad, glad Sondheim is addressing it. Good job, Sondheimizer. Jesus. Thank you guys for listening to our show. Please do not use our show as any reference material for reports. That is, that is wise. That is wise to heed Kay's warning. And uh, if you enjoyed the lovely musical uh, stylings of Kay at the beginning of our episode, you should tweet at us at Tone Deaf Musical on Twitter and tell Kay, because like I, I want to get Kay to sing more for our show, and I don't think I can successfully get them to do it unless strangers on the internet <laughs> give Kay praise. You know, because Kay should just listen to me as their husband, because I know best, but... It also takes a lot to come up with lyrics that make sense for a parody for our show. Oh, uh, <laughs> you could sing the phone book to me, and I wouldn't care. Aw, thanks. Yeah, like, sing whatever. Sing whatever. Sing even a little snippet of, of the show that's within fair use, and we won't <laughs> get in trouble for. Mm. Like, sing it, baby. <laughs> sing, it. sing for me! Sing for me, Kay. Sing for me. <laughs> what have we learned? My throat cannot go as low as yours. <laughs> um, if you like, you can also uh, visit our website, tonedeafmusical.com. Uh, .com. We have a sticker. That's putting pussies in pies. <laughs> from, uh... <laughs> from Sweeney Todd. <laughs> from Sweeney Todd. Uh, Kay and I will, will be rolling out more merch. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully soon we haven't uh, had the, the time or energy to sit down and, and do a lot more stuff with that. Because life is busy. And life then is you, very busy. Life is busy and then you decide to do a podcast. Yep. Because, you know... Some people, when they get to this point in their marriage, they go, oh, let's have a baby. <laughs> we go, let's start a podcast. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like I'm ready to go pro. I still think I need, like, another 40 decades of practice. Yeah, I, I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just lots of practice. Um, uh, you can also follow us on Facebook, 
uh, tone deaf musical. And uh, if you want to go above and beyond, you can join our Patreon, Tone Deaf Musical. Um, and we should have the Oil of Olay episode up. Part uh, of our, the grand series of corporate musicals. Capitalism Gone Wild. Woo! The previous two were Skittles. Show us your 401k! <laughs> the previous two... God damn. <laughs> the previous two Capitalism Gone Wild ones were uh, Skittles and Carl's Jr. So, you know, you can learn that there's a Skittles musical and what it's about. So you have dinner, dessert, and then you can wash away the sin. <laughs> Someday Progressive will finally do one. And then we'll just round out our series with a Progressive musical. I would love it. So, um, you can also, if you want to, uh, meet other amazing podcasters or other podcast fans, you can join the Podcast Junkie Discord server, which a link will be in the description of this episode. It's also on our website. The Podcast Junkie Discord server is awesome. Um, it's a great place to hang around or lurk if you're into that, because, I don't chat as much in, like, the general things as I mm-hmm. should. I'm more active in our channel. Yeah. Because I'm antisocial and I can only be so social for so long. Mm-hmm. But it's a fantastic place. I've, I've found lots of great podcasts that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. And everybody there is really nice, really supportive. It's where our friend uh, Ruckland, who told us about this production of Phantom of the Opera, he lurks and resides there as well. So mm-hmm. come join the Podcast Junkie Discord. Say hi to Kay and I. And yeah. a shout out to Ruck. Yes. Thank you, Rock. You you rock, man. You should so, change his name to Rockland. Rockland, yeah. Rock'em. And he can have recommendations. Recommendations. I do like the recommendations. <laughs> so, that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf.